The wind from the propellers blew her hair as she made her way across the landing pad in the dark. It was two in the morning, the time she was told it would be safe to make an escape. She pulled herself up into the helicopter feeling terrified, half dead and clinging to a tiny thread of hope. She watched out the window as the helicopter lifted off in Las Vegas, slowly caught farther and farther away. After one very needed deep breath, she thought of everything she'd been through. The maxed out credit cards, her empty bank accounts, and him. She did it all for him. A man she loved, but now had no idea who she was. La, 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 la. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. If you couldn't tell from the intro, ooh, this one is major. Today, we're starting another three-part trilogy that's going to have you thinking I had to have made this up. But sometimes, real life can be stranger than fiction, and that was the case here. When I started Big Lash Energy, I had two women's stories I knew I wanted to share with you. The first was Miss Yasmin, who I discussed in the episode called I Broke My Back, Not My Vagina, and Sarah, the woman we're talking about this week. Although each story is unique and unbelievable, the reason I wanted to share them with you is because the women who lived them are so unique and unbelievable. These are some strong courageous humans who found beauty in their messes and are living proof that you can go through flames and come out a phoenix. Something else both stories have in common is that I met each of these women doing their hair and makeup for their weddings, and somewhere along the way we became friends. When I asked Sarah if I could share her story, I really wasn't sure what she was going to say. She's a listener of the show, so she knows where my heart is at, and she told me that I could. I already knew a lot about what happened to her because I was there through some of it. Our lives ended up being a little intertwined and in the end we bonded over the craziness. But for the purpose of this episode, we had a three hour long interview where I asked her all about the details, some very painful, so that I could better understand and properly represent her. I offered to let her listen before everyone else and she said, no, I trust you. I'll listen with the masses. So Sarah, this is not something I take lightly. Thank you for trusting me. Whenever someone tells me about something terrible that somebody else has done to them, I always ask, was that enough? What do I mean? Well, was that disrespectful enough for you to walk away? Or do you need it to get worse? Because if so, then just wait, because it's going to get worse. In Sarah's story, there are many signs she ignored and things she forgave that led to her situation gradually getting worse and worse. As you listen to what happened to her, I beg that you not judge any of her decisions because it's so easy to say as an outsider what you think she should have done, but it's so much different when you're in this situation with your own set of feelings and reasonings. Hindsight is always 2020, and this is a no-judgment space. So take a second to open up your mind and get ready to kick back and listen to one woman's journey, the one she calls an epic shit show. What she endured, what she forgave, and most importantly, what she learned. Now let's get to part one, shall we? 
How Sarah Met Jason. Welcome to Big Lush Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now, here's your favorite hype woman, Jana Marie. Jana Marie. After two years of serial dating, countless DMs, lunch dates, coffee dates, dinner dates, hookups, whatever, Sarah decided she was finally ready for something more long-lasting. She was searching through the dating app Plenty of Fish, and that's when she matched with Jason. Right off the jump, she knew he wasn't really her type, but as they messaged back and forth, she could tell that he got her sense of humor, so she figured it was worth giving him a shot. Before the date, she told him to bring all of his allowance because she's going to eat a lot. And he thought it was funny, so she could tell he wasn't judgy and maybe he'd be okay with her quirks. For their first date, they went to a bar and played games. Her first impression was that even though she wasn't that physically attracted to him, she appreciated that he was chill, he had a good sense of humor, and they had really good banter. And for some reason, there was something about him that made her feel really safe, like she was in good hands. On the second date, however, she was met with a little bit of a surprise. As they sat getting to know each other at a restaurant, Sarah told Jason that she was horrible with kids, she didn't want them, and she wouldn't want to date a single dad. And he stopped her mid-sentence. You know I have a daughter, right? Mm, no, you don't. He said, yeah, I haven't hidden her. There's pics of her all over my dating profile. You didn't see her? She's 11. Sarah thought, obviously I didn't, or I wouldn't be here right now. She considered calling it quits right then and there, but she remembered the promise that she'd made to herself. The next guy I date, I'm going to actually try. She wouldn't run away. She'd take the time to really get to know him instead of immediately writing him off at the first sign of trouble. Speaking of the first sign of trouble, the first time she considered ending their dating relationship happened very early on in the game. It was one of their first dates, only like a couple months in. She was driving and needed to parallel park. She didn't quite get it on the first try, so she just pulled out to give it a second shot and Jason blew a fuse. He freaked out. He was so angry with her for not getting it on the first try that he even got out of the car. In this moment, he could have helped her, but instead, he abandoned her. He stood on the sidewalk yelling at her and... Every bone in her body said, just drive away. This isn't what you want for yourself. He's already out of the car. It would be so easy. Just go. But she'd promised herself that she wouldn't leave at the first sign of trouble. And she probably made excuses for why he'd gotten so angry. So instead of peeling out like she wanted to, she parked the car, got out, and spent the rest of the day with him. Well, surprise, surprise, they stayed seeing each other. And after only three months of dating... Jason said those three words that could either be beautiful or terrifying, depending on if you feel the same way. I love you. I love you. I love you. The words mean a lot to Sarah, and she didn't want to say anything if she didn't mean it. So at that time, she never said it back. Ooh, that was a savage move. <laughs> three months after that, a situation came up that he handled really well. It impressed her. And so she meant to say, I love how you handled that. But instead, she said, I love you. He had no idea that she said the wrong thing, and he was over the moon. His face lit up like he just found out he won the lottery, and he said to her, Babe, I'm going to take such good care of you. She was usually the one taking care of everyone else, so she felt really comforted by his words. Even though the I love you came relatively quickly, the rest of their relationship moved quite slowly. 
Sarah was busy running a business and caring for her parents. And because of her responsibilities, she only saw Jason one to two times a week. He wanted to see her more, but he was patient with her. During this time, he was partying a lot. At first, she didn't really notice how bad it was because her and her friends were partying too. But as her business picked up and she was too busy to party with him, it started to give him a reason or an excuse to drink and party more and then act out for her attention. Now, like I said, she's a busy, successful woman who wasn't trying to be stressed over a guy, so she never gave him the attention he craved for acting out, which would then in turn make him go harder. The more he drank, the more she avoided him, and the more she avoided him, the more he felt he needed to drink. It was a pretty dangerous cycle. She said, looking back, it's clear he had a drinking problem, but aside from their fights or it being really annoying, she didn't think she could really complain about it because he still kept up with all of his responsibilities. He never showed up late. He never missed a bill. He was fully responsible for his relationships with both her and his daughter. Essentially, he was a functioning alcoholic, but she didn't know the extent to how bad it was back then because she was really there for it. And if she was, she'd leave before the night got crazy because she didn't want to sleep in the same bed as him if he was drunk. For five years, they stayed living separately. For one, Sarah wanted to stay with her parents to help them pay their bills, make sure that they were taken care of, etc. But as she looks back, she said she realized now that probably part of her hesitation to have things progress was that deep down inside, it was like I'd said in a different episode of Big Lush Energy, she knew he was a person for her, but he wasn't the person for her. Jason would not give up. He was so determined to find solutions to make their relationship work. He said, If it's your parents that you're worried about, I'll buy a house with a suite that they can live in. I'll make sure that they're always taken care of. She realized that he was really doing his best to try and make it work with her. Especially since having parents living in the same home wasn't a thing at all in his culture. The fact that he would sacrifice so much just so that he could live with her tugged at her heartstrings. It was a very kind gesture, and eventually his patience and willingness to make things work paid off. Sarah talked to her siblings about helping her with her parents so that she could move out and live with him, and that's exactly what they did. The first home that they moved into was a rental, but they had their sights set on buying, and eventually they found a place they both loved, and they moved there. Sarah was glad things were progressing because she had a timeline for how she wanted her life to play out and she couldn't help but feel like her parents were waiting for her to get married so they could see it happen while they were still alive. Marriage came up into the conversation once and when it did, Jason said, "Uh, I don't want to get married. If I do do it, it's not going to be for like another five years. Sarah said, "Uh, to who? Because there's no way I'm waiting that long. One of Jason's best qualities is that he was great at planning special dates for the two of them. He loved surprising her with little getaways and trips and dinners at new spots. So when he told her that he'd gotten them a hotel room on Valentine's Day, she didn't really think that much of it. She figured it was just a fun little couple's celebration. As they were getting ready for dinner, he pulled out a little box and said, Babe, you're missing one piece of jewelry. He opened up the box and once she saw the ring, she never heard a single thing he said after that. She was shook. She wasn't expecting a proposal at all. So surprised as she was, despite not really thinking that he was the one, she said yes. Yes to making her parents happy. Yes to fulfilling her duty as a daughter. And yes to keeping the timeline she'd imagined for her life. 
But when she told her parents, they weren't nearly as excited as she thought they'd be. She didn't know this, but when the two of them had started dating, everyone put bets on how long they were going to last. And Sarah's mom guessed that it wouldn't be for longer than three months. Of course, since then, he'd earned brownie points for offering to care for them, so they appreciated his efforts, but they just weren't sure if he was the right one for their daughter. None of that mattered now. They had a wedding to plan. Initially, Jason said, I want you to have the wedding you want, so I'll be fine with whatever you plan. I'm just going to pay for it. That would be magic to any bride's ears, am I right? And it sounded especially perfect to Sarah because, as she put it, she really didn't want their wedding to be a collaboration. If that's not the realest shit I've ever heard, honestly, I know exactly what that's like. I remember when I was planning my wedding. You know, I feel like as a woman, what we do is we do all of our research. We search high and low. We're in the forums. We're reading reviews. And we pull together our three best options for any one thing, right? And then we will present it to the man. Like, do you want me to do this or this for the wedding? Well, in my situation, I presented three options to my ex. And his response was, I don't think my aunties would like any of those options. And I thought, I'm sorry. What? What aunties? I mean, my auntie wasn't relevant at all. I didn't. She wasn't even going to make it to the wedding. And I said, your aunties don't like any of those ideas? And he said, no, I don't think they would. And when he could tell I got frustrated, he said, okay, if you don't want me to help you plan this wedding, like, I don't have to. And I said, you're not helping me plan the wedding. Yes, I am. And I said, no, 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 no. Open up your laptop right now. Show me how many wedding-related links you have in your browser history or how many wedding-related folders you have on your desktop. He looked down at the laptop that was always conveniently right in front of him and saw what I'm sure was a browser history full of sports stats and eBay auctions for stupid trinkets we had no room for. And he knew that he had no leg to stand on. He had been defeated. (laughs) These were exactly the kinds of arguments that Sarah was trying to avoid. She had a lot of family back home in the Philippines, so right away she told Jason that she'd like to get married there. He was down for it, which surprised her, but then one night he went out partying with his friends, and when he came home the next day, he let her know that they had all told him that they'd much rather travel to Mexico instead. Well, there goes her plan for the wedding. As much as she loved Mexico, Jason's track record had her worried that their wedding was going to turn into a drug and alcohol-fueled rager, when that's not exactly how she imagined her celebration. She did, however, want to keep him happy, so she went along with the plan anyways. And that is where I come in. The first time I heard about Sarah, it was because the person I was married to at the time came home bragging about her. He bounced through the door of our condo wearing the proudest smile on his face. He said, you're never going to guess who got booked to do a destination wedding today. I wasn't sure what the hell he meant because, of course, I do hair and makeup for weddings and I've been flown all around the world for my brides. And I wasn't sure if this was his way of telling me that he'd recommended me to someone. I said, oh my gosh, who got booked to do a destination wedding? And he said, me. I'm going to shoot my friend Sarah's wedding in Mexico. Now, I wanted to be happy for him. As his wife, I really did. But I was also very concerned for this Sarah person. Of course, I want to support my husband, but he was a porn producer, not a wedding videographer, okay? And I'm sure you don't need me to tell you that there's a very, very big difference. I've worked with some of the most amazingly talented wedding videographers in the world. We're talking wedding videos that look like cinematic Cinematic masterpieces. masterpieces. 
I'd also unfortunately seen the shoots that my ex has worked on, and they were far from artistic. Like, you don't have to be Steven Spielberg to point a camera at a gangbang. I'm just saying. So I wasn't sure what part of the celebration Sarah was wanting him to film. Like, the wedding night? I tried to hide my confusion as I congratulated him. That's awesome, babe. When do you leave? He said, Her wedding is in the middle of October. I said, Oh, so over our anniversary? His face dropped. It was clear that he'd been so excited that he'd completely forgotten about anything else. I said, did you mention to her that your wife does makeup? Maybe she needs an artist too. He goes, oh, right. Of course, I'll do that. I'll tell her that my wife is the best makeup artist in the city. It just never came up, but I'll send her your website and see if she wants to hire you too. I was low-key annoyed. How was that not the first thing out of his stupid mouth? Regardless, the next thing I knew, we were both booked to go to Mexico over the week of our anniversary, and I thought I was going to be the makeup artist, but it turns out I wasn't being told the whole truth, but we'll get to that later. Sarah's plans were coming together. She'd chosen the resort, sent out the invitations, and heard back from 98 people saying that they were going to join her and Jason in Mexico. Next, it was time to focus on the little details. She picked out the attire for the groomsmen and immediately got more pushback from Jason. He said he wanted his guys to wear shorts and flip-flops. She could not believe it. She said, you'll get all dressed up to go to the nightclubs, but you want to go casual to our wedding? She wanted it to feel special, and he could tell this wasn't a fight she was going to back down from, so he agreed to dress up. Whatever happened to her planning and him just paying? The countdown was on. It was coming up to only three months away from the wedding. Sure, they'd had their arguments. I know things weren't perfect, but she was looking forward to getting away with all of their friends and finally checking Get Married off of her life's to-do list. Then one day, in the middle of all of her planning, she got thrown for a loop. She woke up with a horrible fever. And while she wouldn't normally go to the doctor, she felt like something was different. So she took the day off work, prioritized herself, and made an appointment to talk with her doctor. She told him that on top of her high temperature, her lady bits felt like they'd been cut with razors. He took one look at her and said very matter-of-factly, You have herpes. What? 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 Sadness and confusion came over her immediately. Her eyes filled with tears. She asked again, I'm sorry, what is it? He looked at her the exact same way again, except this time he handed her a box of tissues. You have herpes. Herpes? What? How? I'm engaged. This, this, this can't be true. No. She bawled her eyes out. It felt like her stomach was in her throat. Her mind was racing. She had so many questions. None of this made sense. How did this happen all of a sudden? She'd been with the same person for seven years at this point. Could she have had this the entire time and not known? She asked the doctor and he said, No, this is a very fresh case, which you would have contracted from someone else who had a very fresh case. She thought about Jason, about him saying I love you first, telling her he was going to take the best care of her. She didn't want to believe he was a cheater because then all her plans would be derailed. She asked the doctor, Please, tell me all the ways I could have contracted this. He looked at her engagement ring and said, You already know how you got it. Sarah was stunned. She didn't want to believe it, but she thought back to all the times that he'd been out late, all the opportunities he'd had to be with someone else, and how naive she was 
to have believed that he'd been loyal this whole time. Now let's just take a second to put ourselves in Sarah's shoes, shall we? Can you imagine, for one, finding out the man that you're about to marry in three months has been cheating on you, but having to learn about it alone in a doctor's office while also finding out that you're going to have to live with an incurable STI? I can't even imagine. What a guy. She asked him about it when she got home, and of course, he flipped the script. He said that his doctor suggested that she got it from being unfaithful because he didn't have it, but to this day... Sarah's convinced that he just never got tested. She thought about what would happen if she called off the wedding. If she was single again, would anybody touch her? Would she ever find love? It was heartbreaking for her to have something that there was no cure for and carried such a stigma. She told me the hard part isn't telling the story. It's when you tell your story and the person says, no, No, thank thank you. Did you know that 14% of North Americans have genital herpes? It is a recurrent chronic infection. However, it's a manageable condition. Your sores and blisters can heal and you can have a fulfilling sexual life despite this. But of course, she wasn't thinking this at the time. All she was thinking that she was dirty and she'd have to wear this scarlet letter for the rest of her life at no fault of her own whatsoever. She was a loyal woman waiting to get married. This just wasn't fair. So here we are, as her friends in this moment, asking, is this enough? Is this enough disrespect for you? Unfortunately, for Sarah, it wasn't. Unfortunately, she needed it to get even worse. Yes, much, much worse than this. As much as she didn't want to be married to a cheater, that didn't seem nearly as bad as the prospect of entering into the dating world and having to tell everyone she'd meet that she had an STI. So she made the decision to accept his horrible explanation and lack of an apology and move ahead with the wedding anyways. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, it's easy to say you would walk away, but Sarah had the pressure of her family, 98 people booked to fly to Mexico, a life she knew and a love for him, as well as seven years of history together that she wasn't ready to walk away from. No, this wasn't enough. She was a very dedicated woman who was going to have to learn how to stand up for herself the hard way. Some of us just need to learn the hard way. This was all really just the background information. Tune in next week as Sarah and I both go to Mexico. You'll get to hear all about the craziness that surrounded her wedding, the hilarious mix-up that happened between the two of us, and the wild turn of events that happened after they got married that will be sure to blow your mind. If you know anyone else who might be interested in this story, can you pretty please share this show with them? I hear every time you do, a woman listens to her intuition. It's true. Now, thank you so much for pressing play. Until next week, please go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go everywhere you go thank you so much thanks so much